It is great to see you here, for those of you on campus and those of you online. But for those of you on campus, this is a new seating configuration, or those of you who've been worshiping with us on campus, feels pretty good to see you like in regular rows, like regular people, like you really are, all right? And so we're glad to have you here today. Um, this is our, um, our, our third Sunday in a series called Chosen. And uh, next Sunday is, is a very special day. It's Mother's Day. Now, I want to say a couple of words about Mother's Day. First of all, it's our tradition here to honor all the ladies who worship with us on Mother's Day. And so if you ladies, if you're not going to be with us on campus, or even if you are, it would be helpful for us uh, to be able to get you a gift this year. Uh, if you would go to es.church backslash address and give us not just your email address, but your physical address. We have a gift we want to mail to you, whether you're on campus or whether you're online. And we want you to be a part of that and let us honor you. Also, I want to let you know that I'm very aware that for some, Mother's Day is a very tough day. For those of us who have uh, watched our parents uh, transition from here to heaven, uh, it's a very nostalgic day. Uh, for, the, for families that at, have lost a child, um, for moms, um, it, it's a tough day. And so I just want to let you know that we're aware of that, but we also want you to know that we want to honor you. And so I want to encourage you to worship with us next Sunday um, and be a part of our services. So this third Sunday in the Chosen series uh, is a pretty special Sunday, I think, simply because uh, the first week, we looked at the life of Silas, who was chosen to serve, to, to walk alongside the Apostle Paul, even though Silas himself had, um, had a lot of, you know, gifts and abilities. He could have just done all of that on his own, but, but he was chosen to serve alongside the Apostle Paul. And then last week, we looked at young Timothy, who was chosen to learn. How to, how to learn how to walk alongside Paul and, and learn what it meant to lead people. And, and, and today we come to another uh, amazing story, uh, a story that, um, that quite honestly is about being chosen to help, to chosen to help. Now, I don't know if, if you've ever really realized just how important it is that, that we help each other. And I don't know if maybe if you have realized it, if, if maybe you've, um, you've tried to help somebody and ended up being a hindrance to them. I don't know if that's happened in your life. It's happened in mine a number of times uh, where I would try to help somebody and realize that, you know what, not only did they not want my help, they might not need my help, and I was actually working out of what I thought should happen rather than what should happen. A friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, uh, tells uh, the story of uh, going overseas on a missions trip for a couple of weeks and then coming home tired and yet rejuvenated because he's been doing what he was called to do and having his wife pick him up at the airport. And they had about a 30-minute drive home and they're about five minutes into the drive when his wife says, you know, honey, all of those, all those times when I get on you about your office at home, your study at home, the fact that it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's a mess, okay? He's like, it is not a mess. I know where everything is. I don't know if you're like that or not, but, but if you walk into my space, you might look at it and go, well, that's messy. And I'd be like, no, I know where everything is. Just don't touch anything, right? 
And he said that to his wife. And she said, well, I, you were gone for a couple of weeks, and I, I, just, I just wanted to help. So I, I organized your office. And he's like, you did what? And, and she said, no, I, I organized your office. And in fact, I cleaned all the shelves. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, 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 re- you, you, you touched my books. Now, for those of you who don't know, Pastors have, we have our own weird systems of how we keep track of what's in the books we've read, all right? Each pastor's different. Um, in my office, things are arranged by biblical literature, by, um, by church life literature, by evangelism literature, by, um, uh, there's another section on psychological literature. Uh, I've got one section on history. I've got an, an entire section on preaching and, and different sermons that people have preached. And, and, and I know exactly what's where, and I organize it that way. And my friend was the same way. So imagine the tension in the car when his wife says, I organized your shelves. And he said, did you organize my books? She said, yes, they were all messy. You had them laying everywhere. I organized your books. Sweetheart, how, how did you organize them? What system did you use? To which she looked at him and smiled and said, because she's an interior designer, I organized them by color. She, she was trying to help, <laughs> but she was a hindrance. And my friend, in telling me the story later, said, it took me a year, Carrie, to find some of my books. I, I just, it, I just, it just took a long time. You know, sometimes in the church, we try to help. Right now, in our culture, there have been lots of those kind of days when, over the last year, as we face the pandemic, as we've faced the issues of injustice, as we've, as we've tried to make sense of, of the loss and the death, and, and we've tried to say the right things, we, we've tried to do the right things, and, and yet, so many times, so many times, I think the world perceives us more as a hindrance than a help. But, but in the New Testament, there are these people, people like Silas and people like Timothy, who teach us. And today, we're going to look at a story. It's a pivot point story in the book of Acts, and it's a pivot point story in the life of the church. It's in Acts chapter 16, and, and it's not a very long story, but, but the depth of it is huge. It's in Acts chapter 16. I'm going to start reading at verse 6. Now, the they in this is Paul and Silas and Timothy, Okay the guys we've been talking about the last few weeks. So listen to the story. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the Word of God in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. These men... Paul, Silas, and Timothy were on what is referred to as the second missionary journey. 
Barnabas, John Mark, they had gone to Cyprus, and from Cyprus they traveled on toward the west. These men, they're, they're going up to the churches and they're encouraging them. But when they finish encouraging the churches they've already been to, they're looking for what's next. And if you look at a map and, and follow the highways that were there in the first century, the Roman highways that were built, and Paul being a Roman citizen having access to them, then, then they're following those, and, and as they go up, they, they have a plan. At least they think they've got a plan of where God wants them to talk. But when they, when they get to implementing the plan, something happens. The Holy Spirit stops them. And so they make plan B. And when they go on to plan B, something else happens. Jesus himself stops them. And so finally, they, they end up down in this place called Troas, which was, a, was a, a port city, very famous city in that area, very powerful city from which ships would go out over into Europe. Now, what I want you to capture this morning is that, is that these guys are people who know Jesus. These guys are people who've given their lives to following Jesus. These men are men who are on a mission to help people. And yet, in the process, they have to be taught how to help in a healthy way. Because you see, not all help is healthy. If you're trying to help somebody out of your own dysfunction, if you're trying to help somebody out of your need to be, to be recognized, then, then you're really not helping from a healthy perspective. If you're trying to, to paternalize somebody and, or maternalize somebody and, and lord it over them as a, a man or a woman and show them what you need. No, no, no you, don't, you, don't, you don't help in a healthy way out of that. And what is imperative in the New Testament and imperative in the 21st century is that the people of God who've been invited to help, who are, the world is looking to to help, if we're going to help, then we have to help in healthy ways. And this morning, I want to suggest to you that, that the pattern for Paul and Silas and Timothy and the way they got from where they were to where God wanted them to be, where they could help, it lays out for us a, it lays out for us a, a healthy way to help. And so there, there are three parts to it. La last week, I, I told you there were five things, and some of you panicked. There's just three this week. Relax, all right? The, 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 the three things that are just essential for us to know in these days are that, first of all, if we're going to help in a healthy way, healthy help listens. Healthy help listens. That, that's, that's huge. Because so many times we think we've got the answer, and we go out with the answer, and we don't listen. We don't listen to God. We don't listen to other people. We don't even listen to our own intuition. We're just on a mission, and we're going to go make it happen because we've got an agenda, and we've got an opinion, and we think everybody else agrees with our opinion, and if they don't, they should. And we're here to tell them, and that's not healthy. See, Paul knew about the Roman Empire. Paul knew about things, but, and Paul had a mission planned. He knew what he was going to do. And yet, God stopped him 
multiple times. God stopped Paul. Maybe, maybe that's why it's so important for us to learn to listen. Because if someone who had seen Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord, face to face, person to person on the Damascus Road, someone who had had his life radically transformed by the presence of Jesus Christ, if he had to listen, maybe we have to listen. You see, healthy help listens. Look at it again. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the Word of God in Asia. Now, the Asia that Luke is mentioning here is not the Asia we think of. In fact, on the map, as these guys are moving, they are actually traveling 400 miles from where they started to where they end up. It's a 400-mile journey. Oh, and by the way, they walked it. They're walking 400 miles. And as they're walking, they're listening to the Spirit of God. As they're walking, they're they're dreaming about what God wants them to do. And along the way, for 400 miles, every time they start to go in a direction Paul thinks is right, God's Spirit, or Jesus himself, stops them. And, And so they learned how to listen. Now, I want to suggest for your consideration that maybe, just maybe, the stuff we're walking through in our world right now, the the, the fact that there are millions of people, not not tens of thousands, millions of people who who are looking for answers. And the church, we're supposed to have those answers. Maybe, maybe the world is looking to us, and if we could quit being a hindrance and become healthy enough to help in the right ways, we, we, might, we might end up, even though it would be a long journey, exactly where God wants us to be. And that's what happens for Paul and Silas and Timothy. Listening is healthy. Listening to God is healthy. And every once in a while I have somebody say, now, Pastor, how, how do I know that the voice I'm hearing is God's voice? That's a great question. First of all, the longer you hear God's voice, the more you know God's voice. Just like any other relationship, the more you hear a voice, the more you know that voice. You see, my wife and I have been married for a long time. And we dated for a long time before that. And when my wife calls me on the phone and I answer, she doesn't have to tell me her name. She doesn't have to call me by name. She can just simply say, hello. I know it's Becky. If it's not Becky, I'm in deep trouble. But you see, that's because we've spent enough time together to know each other's voice. Paul had spent enough time with God to listen and know God's voice. You need to spend enough time with him. But when you hear that voice, how do you know it's God and not you? How how do you know it's God and not the enemy of your soul? How do you know that what you're feeling inside is really coming from the creator of the universe and not from someone who's trying to trip you up? And, And so it becomes important that you listen in a couple of other places too. It's not enough just to listen to your intuition. No, you, you've got to listen to the Word of God. See, the Word of God, the Bible, is given to us to, to build the relationship. 
It, it is God's Word. It is authoritative. It, it is all those things, but it's given for us so that when we read it, we learn about who He is, and we learn to listen to Him. And we learn to check the voice, to test the Spirit, if you would, inside of us. And, and when we do that, it, it's important that we not do that in isolation. See, I, I love the fact that Paul and Silas and Timothy are traveling together on this 400-mile walk. And that as they're doing it, they're, they are, you know, they're telling each other, well, no, God, God says no here. I mean, God stopped us here. God stopped us here. You, you see, not only is it important for you to listen to your own voice and to listen to the Spirit of God, not only is it important for you to, to spend time in the Word of God to learn the ways of God, but, but it's important for you to live in relationship with people who are doing the same thing. Now, that relationship needs to be one of trust. It needs to be one of openness. It needs to be one of accountability. It's not one where, okay, these are my people and I'm telling them what to do. No. Listening to God, developing a healthy way to help, comes from interacting with those who are also followers of Jesus Christ, who are also listening to the Word of God, who are also listening to the Spirit of God. Healthy helping starts with listening. Oh, and I, I would add one more place. You've got to listen. You've got to learn to listen to the people around you who need your help because they, they may see something you don't see. The, the second thing that healthy helping does is not only does healthy helping listen first and act second, but, but healthy helping Healthy helping lives within boundaries. That, that's right. See, we're living in an age right now where everybody's all about their rights and everybody's all about their freedoms. And can I tell you something? Freedom isn't free. And your rights are not there because you deserve them. No, no. The fact of the matter is grace is given in spite of our failure. Grace is given in spite of our sin. And grace is not given, as Paul would later write in the chapter to the Romans when he would talk to them about, hey, do we just keep sinning so that grace would abound? No, 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 no. We've been called to live in relationship with God and to live within the framework, within the boundaries. Those of you who've, who've talked with me over the last few years, those of you who've listened to me speak in places, you understand I keep trying to say to people, we are made for more than this. You've been made for more than the way you're living, whether you're a, a person who's in rebellion against God or even those who've settled into the mediocrity of a religious experience instead of a, a divine relationship with the creator of the universe. It's not enough for you just to check the boxes. It's not enough for you just to ease into the pattern. No, that's not what the boundaries are set there for. It was a dynamic relationship. Paul thought we should go to Asia. The Holy Spirit says no. And by the way, it's just fun. The, the, the verbiage there in the, in the language, in the Greek, talks about the fact that, that before they even got to Asia, before they even got there, the Holy Spirit said, Paul, that's not where you're going. But when he turned right instead of left, Asia would have been to his left. Bithynia would have been to his right. He got all the way to the border of Bithynia. And when he got all the way to the border of Bithynia, then the spirit of Jesus himself said, boom. No, not going in here either. See, there are some boundaries. There are some things in your life that should be off limits to you. 
And it's not because God's punishing you, and it's not because you're not spiritual enough to handle it. It's because you've been made for more. You've been made for more than a life that is a constant recycle of the same pain and the same heartache and the same failure. You've been made for a relationship with God through Jesus Christ where the Spirit of God leads you, and sometimes He stops you before you get there, and sometimes He waits to the last minute, but in either way, your reaction is the same. Live within the boundaries. Because you see, when they came up to Mysia and they attempted to go into Bithynia, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to. So passing by, they, by Mysia, they went on down to Troas. I, I, I always get tickled at that phrase, they went down, because in my mind, north is up and south is down. I don't know why. Maybe it's an inferiority complex from growing up in the south. I'm not sure. But if you look at a map, Troas is north of Antioch of Pisidia. This 400-mile journey was a 400-mile journey north. But elevation-wise, they went down to the sea level, to the place. I, I, I wonder in your life, where are you walking? Where are you learning to listen to live within the boundaries, it's essential that we do that. Because when we do, God, God actually begins to help us love people with wholeness. See, healthy help. Healthy help listens. Healthy help lives within the boundaries. And healthy help loves people with wholeness. I've asked uh, one of our East Side folks, uh, Heather Webb, to come and help me talk about that today. Heather, come, come, come on up. Heather and her husband, Mike, are the executive directors for a ministry called Children of Promise, um, a, a ministry that um, East Side's been a part of actually since its founding uh, by uh, Sid and Jean Johnson uh, almost 30 years ago. And, uh, and I, I met Mike and Heather, actually, at Larry and Leanne Sellers' house is where we first got to really know each other uh, when I was in Yamasucro, Cote d'Ivoire, a few years ago. And at that time, you guys were serving as the regional coordinators for the continent of Africa for the Church of God. Um, and um, now, these last few years, you've been here, and we're so glad that you, you guys are here. I'm really glad because, like, you know, we all see Mike singing. Okay, but we don't understand that without you, Mike's nothing, all right? We, we, we know that. He's my better half. He, no, yes, no, yes. you're his, all right? And, uh, and, and the two of you are now leading a ministry that, that's pretty special, actually. Um, and I know that in, you spent your entire adult life as, um, as people on a mission in different cultures. And I kind of wonder, what have you learned about healthy help and listening. You, you told me a story earlier about your first assignment. You want to tell yeah. the rest of us that? Mike and I had been serving actually in Indonesia for two years when we were invited to come with the Church of God to serve in Tanzania. And the invitation that we received was specifically to serve in community development. This was 
the perfect invitation for us because we had been um, preparing for and training for and dreaming of serving cross-culturally in community development. And so when this opportunity to serve in Tanzania opened to us, we were confident in God's calling, in God's timing, in God's preparation, and all of those things. The gift that we received from Global Missions, now a global strategy, the, the sending branch of the Church of God, was to have our first year in Tanzania focused on learning language. Um, because you can't listen to the people that you've gone to serve if you don't speak the same language. Well, I mean, that's profound, okay? I don't want them to miss that. Would you say that again? Because that, that's like tweetable, and I'm not very tweetable, <laughs> all right? But would you say that again, Ed? You can't listen to the people that you've gone to serve unless you speak the same language. And I would say that that's not necessarily just learning Swahili because you're an English speaker. That's, I mean, we're cross-cultural in all aspects of our life in different economic um, brackets. We, see, we speak different languages. We understand the world in different ways. You can't serve people without speaking their language and listening to them speak their language. That was a little bonus. That, that's that was right. bonus you, it's content. extra stuff. We take it around here. Right. <laughs> so we had the first year to focus on learning Swahili when we first moved to Tanzania. Come up on the end of that first year, um, our pastor in Tanzania, Pastor Dismas, came to our home and said, you know, Mike and Heather, I know that we invited you to come to Tanzania to do community development, but as we've gotten to know you and you've gotten to know us, what the church actually wants you to do is serve in training our pastors. And this was, this was a big blow for me. Um, because the calling had been so strong and our confidence and our peace had been so strong in going to Tanzania to do community development, to have this switch was, uh, I wouldn't say a crisis of faith, but there were a lot of tears and there was a lot of prayer and there was a lot of seeking counsel. Um, had the invitation been to go to train pastors, we probably wouldn't have said yes because it wouldn't have pulled on our hearts, but um, the first principle of community development is you ask the people what it is that they want to accomplish and you do what you can to help them accomplish that. And so to be invited um, to surrender those dreams, to be invited to surrender our plans, uh, and to be invited to listen opened up doors that we wouldn't have Yeah, because on. when I met you years after this, you and Mike, one of the things I remember was, uh, as we would sit on Larry and Leanne's porch, is just conversations about about the pastors and the missionaries and their development. And, and by the time I met you, you were like all in on this development of, of people. Um, and and I did an amazing job in, in that time frame. And now God has kind of brought you into an organization where both of those things get to come together. And, and the listening becomes a living out and loving in, in wholeness and within boundaries. And in case some of them don't know anything about Children of Promise, you want to tell them a little bit more about that and really kind of, because I know you're really in an emphasis right now on the wholeness piece. You want to tell us a little bit about yeah. that? So Children of Promise was founded in 1992. So we're coming up on our 30th anniversary, our 30th birthday next year. And since its inception, uh, Sydney and Jean Johnson had this vision. Um, they didn't use these words, but the ministry has always been the same, that we want to make wholeness possible for kids around the world. 
and we do that through child sponsorship. So we're meeting needs, immediate needs, like nutrition, education, healthcare, and discipleship, but it's within the context of the local church in 30 countries around the world where the Church of God can surround children who are in need of some help in their journey to wholeness, um, to be loved, to be nurtured, to be cared for. And one of the words that I, I've watched your material and, and listened to a lot of stuff, and you, you talk a lot about shalom, about wholeness, um, because that's such a powerful biblical concept. So many times people hear that word and we say, oh, that means peace. But there's so much more to that, that concept of wholeness, that, that real peace is, is more than just simply the absence of conflict. And you guys, are you're opening up another country yeah. right now. Where are you going? Yeah, so we just announced that we're opening in Brazil in the coming months, and um, so, yeah, we're just excited for what God has done in the midst of a pandemic, uh, that the ministry is growing and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. This, this idea of wholeness um, with the backdrop of shalom and thinking about it as being a fullness, not the absence of conflict, but a fullness in kids' lives, that they can dream about the future, that their immediate needs are met so that they can live into the fullness of what God has designed for them, the intent that he has for their life, that it's so much bigger than just surviving day to day, but it's a, it's a dreaming and it's a fullness and it's a, a life of hope. I'm not sure we said it. You may have, and I may have just missed it, but how many children right now are your sponsors sponsoring around the world in those 30 countries? Yeah, we have about 4,500 kids who are sponsored around the world. Man, that is an amazing thing. All because you listened mm. at the right time. Yeah. Oh. Hey, would you help me thank Heather? Thank you so much. I, I invited Heather to do that with me this morning for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, she and Mike, I, I just appreciate so much the opportunity to be their pastor and their daughter, Maddie, um, and, and the way they involve themselves here uh, at Eastside and serve. But, but I also wanted you to get a glimpse into one, just one, of the dozens of ministry partners that we have here at Eastside. Last year, due to the pandemic, we, we really didn't get a chance much. We were still trying to figure out what we were doing, uh, like week to week, uh, to, to, uh, to talk much until December about our global engagement. But here at Eastside, for the entire history of our church, we tried to be a church that listens and a church that lives within the boundaries of God's work for us, and a church where, where we love people and the help we offer isn't always helpful. <laughs> we try not to be a hindrance. But if we can live in this way, to listen, to live in the boundaries, and to love to wholeness, then maybe, maybe we can answer some of the people who are just like this man who appeared to Paul in a vision. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia standing there, urging him, and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So this morning, I just wanted to invite you into this kind of chosenness, to listen, not just to the people who agree with you, but the people who disagree with you, to, to drop the agenda that says, you know what, I, I, I got it all figured out. 
There are some of us who figure more things out than others because we've seen more things, but none of us has it all figured out. And I wanted you to meet Heather because many of you see her husband, Mike, when he's singing in the vocal teams. But I, I want you to know that together they're leading a ministry that, that we find to be extremely helpful, uh, extremely helpful for us to have a place to connect. But they're just one of many ministries we have. And you can go to our website or you can actually go on the, uh, the app and you'll find information about the way here we try to help locally with Operation Love and the Christian Center and uh, other places here in town, uh, Habitat for Humanity, uh, Man for Man Ministries, the, the um, Madison County Sheriff's Group, uh, FCA, there are lots of them, but also around the world, missionaries that we support. If you, you've seen a lot of things right now about Myanmar, praying for Myanmar, for many, many years, Dorothy Colney and Eastside Church have had an ongoing relationship. Dorothy is the head of the Church of God in Myanmar. Pray for her, okay? There are other places that, that we are involved. If you want to be a part of that, then, then you can simply, if you want to give toward it, you want to pray for them, feel free to do that. If you want to give, you can go to our website or go to our app, go to the Give button, look at the global engagement. But there's another part to this, this story that I want you to catch. I don't want you to miss this. It's that last sentence. When Paul had seen the vision, immediately we, see, it, it changed. It changes from they to we. Until this point, the traveling party was Paul and Silas and Timothy. But after this point, it's we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel. You see, it's a we, not a me thing. And this we is Luke the man who wrote the gospel and the book of Acts, the physician who traveled with Paul from Troas through the rest of Paul's life. You see, that's what listening and living and loving in healthy ways are all about. For those of you who are on campus, underneath your chairs, you're going to find a communion packet. For those of you who are online, we had asked you earlier to get bread and juice or water or whatever you've got at home to represent the blood and the body of Christ. And this morning, um, I, I just want to invite you, whether you're online or on campus, whether you're watching us now, live, or even if you're watching later in the week, I want you to take these next few moments to ask God's wisdom and discernment in your life. Where is it that you need to listen a little more closely? Where is it that you need to live within the boundaries? Where is it that you, you might need to love people in a healthy way? I invite you to remember who Jesus is, to remember that the, the bread is a symbol of his body, and the cup symbol of his blood.